we as the church, as ministers and leaders within the body of Christ, if we don't help young people define their identity based on the word of God, then the world will define it for them. And their identities and their lives will be shaped by some other influence in their life if it's not going to be by the church. Mm. Which, again, I think it's that's the importance of having a mentoring effort or endeavor program. Welcome to the Hack Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Today we had a great conversation with Wiki Epiata that focused on mentoring and discipleship. He's been involved with youth ministry for over a decade now and has a great perspective on how to mentor young people. I really think you're going to get a lot out of this. Yeah, but before we get into that, we have a YouTube comment that we want to talk about. Uh, this comes from the conversation with Cameron Butcher. And this is from the Mortz Media. It says, great content. Appreciate the open honesty in walking into the call of God. Thank you for that wonderful comment. And if you have not checked us out on YouTube, feel free to do so. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Brother Wiki. It's my pleasure to be here. Awesome. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, we've been uh, trying to set this up for... A little over a month now, and and you're the first one to have uh, two people chatting with you. So. <laughs> it's a little intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know Stefani's got a steely gaze. So. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm going to try Just not to look sure. at Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> look straight at you. Just making sure you're telling the truth. You know? <laughs> well, it's good to have you, man. And uh, I think you're listening to the podcast. So uh, you know how we like to start these conversations just by getting to know you a bit. Um, the reason we wanted to have you on is because um, I've noticed over the years you're one of the, the leaders within our church, within the youth department, and um, you've, you're very good at mentoring young people. I've noticed that, and, and this has been taking place for a number of years now. And uh, many people um, want to be mentored, and they want to mentor, but they don't really necessarily know where to start. I know, uh, like just, just me personally, uh, people approach me like, hey, I'd like, and, and not to say that I'm any big deal, but people approach me like, hey, you know, can you mentor me? And I'm like, okay, yeah, so like, what do I do? Just email <laughs> you or call you, text you? Like, yeah. is that all we do? Um, pray for you, pray with you. And then and then also, you know, I want to be mentored by other people. And, and so I think this would be a great conversation, you know, maybe for those who are wanting to try and help mentor young people who really need that influence. Um, but before we get into that, I want to get a, a little bit of background about yourself. So we, if you wouldn't mind uh, giving us a little bit of your story before we get into the discussion here today. Yeah, sure. Well, again, uh, Brother Greg, thank you for having me on, Brother Stefan. Um, my story, I was born in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Uh, I wasn't raised uh, in the church, but my grandparents were members uh, of the United Pentecostal Church uh, of New Zealand. Uh, and my story is at the age of uh, 17, in 2005, I had an experience with God uh, that really led me to pursue a relationship with God. Um, later that same year, uh, I got an invitation from my grandparents uh, to attend their annual general conference mm. um, for the United Pentecostal Church of New Zealand. I went there. They have their conference from literally Christmas Day to New Year's. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we whinge about 2nd to the 6th of January. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, like, and surprisingly, they get an incredible turnout. Wow. <laughs> Do they uh, miss the Boxing Day sales? Or? Yeah, families <laughs> miss Christmas. <laughs> with <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're with the family um, of God, so it's all yeah, good. Yeah, amen, amen. But, yeah, I went there, um, had an amazing time. I gave my life to Christ uh, at that event. Um and then after then, uh, after that, in 2006, the following year, I was baptized uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. And then later that same year, I uh, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit after teaching a Bible study uh, in my bedroom to two of my cousins um, mm. as we now down to close in prayer. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was actually a crazy story. I remember it, like after I taught the Bible study, I can't remember what I taught, <laughs> but uh, after I taught the Bible study, I, I said to my two younger cousins, uh, let's pray, let's close in prayer. Mm. And so I started praying, and then just all of a sudden the, the Holy Spirit was poured out in me. I started speaking in tongues, and then my grandmother came busting through the bedroom door, 
and she just came charging in speaking in tongues with me, wow. magnifying the Lord. Wow. And and I thought about that after the fact, and I was like, man, she must have been listening to me teach this Bible study, just making sure I wasn't teaching false doctrine or something. <laughs> I was like, because she was literally right outside the door, and she oh, just man. came charging in. Um, but yeah, that that happened to me in 2006. So that's your story in New Zealand, and then ultimately you made your way over to Australia and became part of the Pentecostals of Sydney. What, what's the story to that? How did you get connected to the POS? Um, so I moved over to Sydney, Australia in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, unfortunately at the time, I, uh, for selfish and, and sinful reasons, I had walked away from my relationship with God in 2008. Um, and I moved uh, from New Zealand to Australia in October that year. Okay. And I, I basically lived life outside of a relationship with God for two years, uh, going into 2010. Um, and then I had another experience that led me back to God in 2010. Um, and basically, I, I had this experience, and uh, I just jumped on the internet, started looking for a church. And I actually came to find out that I lived only 10 minutes down the road from the Pentecostals of Sydney wow. Church. Wow, yeah. So you, so you found us online. It, yes. it wasn't recommended from a family member or anything? No, no. Wow. No, I had no family members over here that were going to church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So that's, yeah, that I came to, uh, that same weekend I came to the POS. I remember walking in, uh, this was before the church renovation. Yeah. I walked in through the back doors and it was such a surreal feeling. I literally felt like I had never left church. <laughs> wow. Like I, like I, the experience I had was basically before I made the decision to come back and I found the POS is I was in Sydney CBD going out clubbing um, on a Friday night. The Saturday I was just hungover, absolutely felt horrible. And then that Saturday night, just the the presence of God filled my room and and basically said to me, it's time to come home. And that's all it took. That's when I started looking for the church. And so when I came into the church on that Sunday morning, I walked in through the back doors. It literally felt like that. It felt like I was home. It felt like I had never left. I started praising and worshiping like I never left church. And I remember at that altar call, I came to the altar call, and uh, Pastor Ben and Pastor Stan, at the end of the service, they came up to me, and they were like, praise the Lord, brother. Like, what church are you from, you know? <laughs> like, they were talking to me like I was a you church just, saint. Yeah, yeah, you just, like, you know? transferred or something. Exactly. Like, I guess because of how I was uh, kind of moving and mm. acting and stuff. But that's how I came to the POS yeah, in 2010. Wow, that's awesome. And, and you've been here ever since. And, um, and you've been active in the youth ministry for how many years now? Here um, at the POS? Uh, since 2010, I, I, I immediately started going to the uh, youth program every week on a Friday night mm-hmm. um, from 2010. Back in the rewired days? Yes, yes, <laughs> that was with our uh, now assistant pastor, Ben, yeah, 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 our, yeah. our youth pastor. Um, and I, I joined the youth leadership team uh, in 2014, mm-hmm. and I have been actively a part of the youth leadership team since 2014. Uh, in 2018, is I also got I also got elected as the uh, regional representative mm-hmm. uh, for the National Youth Ministries Department uh, for the United Pentecostal Church of Australia. That's so awesome. Up until this point, I'm still very much involved in in youth ministry. Yeah. Wow, that's such a pretty cool transition. You know, just all that time. Um, I I'm curious, how did you get started with mentoring and discipleship? Man, I've got to give credit to uh, my father-in-law, to be honest. Um, my father-in-law, uh, George Curry, he is a uh, licensed minister uh, with the United Pentecostal Church of Australia, also one of our leaders here at, at POS. Um, but it all started because of him. He invited me uh, to assist him in teaching a Bible study curriculum that we teach here at POS, uh, which is called Life Studies by Simeon Costa. Mm. Um, and so he invited me along to teach this Bible study to uh, a group of young people, a couple of young ladies and their friend, uh, a young guy. And, um, yeah, he just brought me along. I started teaching those lessons with him. He wouldn't let me teach the whole lesson, obviously, because I was kind of like in training and, and <laughs> learning how to teach that curriculum. Um, but he started out by allowing me to just um, learn one of the main points in that lesson. And mm-hmm. then he would just have me share on that main point and so that's what really got me introduced to the idea or the concept of mentoring um and and that all happened kind of naturally organically Mm. without him uh actually uh like directly having that conversation with me uh about 
you know, mentoring. Yeah, yeah, it was more organic, the, yeah. the, the process there. And so he invited you along to, to teach Bible studies, and then that sort of, that began your journey as someone who was being mentored. But then, obviously, you got to the point where you were uh, take, uh, taking a step in mentoring others. Would you mind sharing a, a bit about that? Yeah, so I, I started, um, I, I basically replicated what he had done with me to start out with, mm. is once I had a good grasp on teaching the life studies lessons, um, I, I basically at church, I started trying to look for people myself to teach, yeah. you know, and, and trying to make my own connections, and uh, that eventually happened. And so I, I just did the same thing that he did with me. I, uh, I was connected with a bunch of young guys in our youth department, uh, and I started inviting them along to these Bible studies that I was teaching, and I got them to, uh, I had them doing what my father-in-law did with me. Mm. I got them to learn just like some main points in the lessons and just study that. And then in the lesson, I would kind of refer to them and ask them to, to share that point. Um, and it kind of just, it grew from there, uh, to be honest. It just went one Bible study after the other, and I had a few more like, mm. young men coming along and wanting to be involved in the Bible studies I had like three young men literally um, approach me just hearing about these Bible studies and, you know, wanting to be a part of it and, and learn how to teach them. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. That's how, that's, that's the beginning stages of it. Yeah. Obviously, you, you do a whole lot more than, than just bring people along for Bible studies or bring people along yeah, for definitely. ministry opportunities. And, and we'll dig into that a little bit more. But be, before we unpack that, um, you know, sort of the nuts and bolts of, of what you actually do and some advice that you would have in that regard. Um, is there a difference between discipleship and mentoring? So like discipleship tends to be, you know, you're teaching someone a Bible study, that sort of thing. And then, then you have mentorship. How, how would you, what would you say would be the difference of, between those two? Uh, well, my view, Brother Greg, um, is that a distinction needs to be made mm-hmm. between the role or the purpose of a mentor and the process of discipleship. Okay. Um, to me, in my view, the, the purpose of a mentor is basically to provide a certain level of guidance, uh, support and accountability to the people that you're mentoring. Mm. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's to come alongside the discipleship process. Right, that's like kind of that. my view of that. It's yeah, not. It's, nice. it's it's not the same thing. Mm. There's a distinction between them, um, and and I think another part of being a mentor is that w- what's very important in that in that is that you you need to demonstrate in your life example what it literally means in a practical sense to live out the principles and the word of God. Mm. That's mentoring. That's not discipleship. That's mentoring. Whereas discipleship to me is more of an ongoing process um, that takes place uh, as every aspect of a person's life is being changed and conformed to the word of God as a result of their response of faith and obedience to the preaching and teaching of Mm. the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what discipleship to me is. And for me, I think that the distinction is important to make um, simply because when I look at the discipleship process, there's a aspect of work involved in the discipleship process um, that has to be done in order for a person to be completely transformed and fully equipped, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those four things that I believe are, is you, you, there's four works, four aspects of works that need to take place in the discipleship process. Uh, firstly, that first work is the work of the Holy Spirit. A person cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ without the Holy Spirit. Right. Secondly, the work of the Word of God. All right. Uh, you need the work of the Word of God taking place in your life, being conformed to the Word of mm. God, the principles, what the what the Bible teaches. Yep. Uh, thirdly, uh, you need the work of faith, right, in the life of the person that is being discipled, and and then lastly, you also need the ministry of the body of Christ, specifically speaking about the local church ministry that the person being discipled attends. Mm. That, to me, is what discipleship is. Mentoring, uh, I guess to to merge the two together, mentoring is to come alongside that process in support of that process, guiding people through that and be an accountability partner to them 
so that they can be equipped uh, and transformed. So could like someone you mentor also be a, what you would say is your disciple or a disciple? I would say that they are a disciple mm. because my personal statement of belief is I do not believe that discipleship is something that takes place in isolation. Okay. Uh, my belief is that it takes a community of oh, the church I get, yeah, I for a saying. person to be a disciple. Right. I'm not just a disciple of my youth pastor, yeah. Brother Greg Wilmot, or my pastor, Pastor Stan. I'm being discipled by my relationships with Brother Greg, Brother Stefan, other people in my church community, mm. right? And, and so that's my view of it, uh, which is why I think it's important to make that distinction yeah. because you can then assign the, the correct amount of responsibility to the right role. Mm. Because there's some things that a mentor is not responsible for. Right. And you've got to know what those are and distinguish between them uh, so that you as the mentor do not carry, you know, responsibility that isn't yours and you feel upset or get down when certain things may fail or things may not follow through. Yeah. And as you said, like, um, they're disciples of Christ. You know, we're making disciples of Jesus, not disciples of Greg, not disciples of Stefan, not yeah, disciples of, right. of Wiki, but... They're disciples of Christ. But then, as you said, we can come alongside that process of them becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and be that mentor to, yeah. to help them along. Uh, that's good. I, I brought a lot of clarity to Because I was thinking as you were unpacking that, I was like, well, isn't that kind of the same thing, like discipling someone and mentoring someone? But I, yeah. when, you, when you lay it out like that, it, it, yeah, it really it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, so you... Um, you uh, you're involved in the mentorship process specifically with young people you know, because you do a, yes, uh, a lot of work within the, the youth ministry of the POS. And I've seen that. I've seen you mentor young people. Um, why is mentorship, why is discipleship for, especially specifically for teenagers, for young adults in the local church, why is that so important? Um, you know, beyond, I guess we can mentor I don't know, it's difficult to mentor a peer, I guess. But but if you're going to be mentoring a, a teenager or a young adult, why do you believe specifically that group is it's very important? I think it's important for a, a local youth program uh, to make room for mentoring of young people, specifically because young people are very limited in their knowledge and their understanding, not just about God, but about life in general. Mm, that's um, true. I remember uh, listening to Pastor Raymond Woodward. Uh, one day he had kind of made a comment about uh, his son, Matthew Woodward. Mm-hmm. And he said that, you know, he could say to his son, Matthew Woodward, that I have been where you are. Yeah. But Matthew, you cannot say to me that you have been where I am. Mm. You know, there's a level of knowledge, life experience, understanding, not just about God and and your faith, but about life in general that Matthew does not have that Pastor Raymond Woodward has. Yeah. And I see that with young people because particularly once you hit the, you know, the the period of adolescence, life to me as a young person is, is one big question mark. You really just, you're experimenting. You're trying to figure things out. You're trying to find out what's your purpose in life. What's my passion? What do I want to pursue? What do I want to give my time to? You're trying to answer these kind of life-altering mm. questions. And um, I, I think because of that, they need guidance. Mm-hmm. They need, particularly, they need a right kind of guidance. They yeah. need uh, a, a faith-based, spirit-filled uh, you know, guidance, support, accountability partner to help them navigate those big questions. Um, you know, it's not to come in to be a parent, but just to come in and to provide a certain level of support uh, from an aspect of uh, faith and biblical principle. And I think young people need it. Um, you know, any young person will generally s- reject it. <laughs> they won't necessarily welcome that, um, yeah. which is expected, mm. you know, um, you expect that, but that's not to say that they don't need it. Mm. And the reason why I see it as important is because I've been a teenager myself. Yeah. Yeah. I come from a, a you know a, a very uh, dysfunctional, uh, troubled kind of a background. So I see the importance of actually having someone to tell me, "Hey, man, don't do this. Yeah, be beware of this." Yeah. To to really support and guide me through my life decisions. Mm. 
and like given your history, um, I'm assuming that could sort of be that connection point for you as to why doing this, like being a mentor, being involved with young people is, is so important and something that you find a lot of value in because of, you know, I think your story is that you dropped out of high school at a young age and, and you were battling with drugs and in a, in yeah. a, a bad environment, came to the Lord, um, which is amazing, obviously. So you had that issue as a young person. You came to God. But then uh, you said, you know, you, you, fell, you fell away from God. You, you backslid and then ultimately came back. But, you know, I see two different spots there where someone who is a mentor um, could really help someone, you know. And, and it doesn't have to just be somebody within your church, but you can mentor young people in your community. Yes, sir. You know, they don't have to be in, in the church body. Obviously, we should focus on, on the ones closest to us. But, um, yeah, I, I could see where you could see the ben- You would have really benefited from a strong mentor as a teenager. But then also yeah. when you first came to God, you know, that whole discipleship, mentorship uh, process, you know, that that would have been key if someone would have hopped in there and, and you wouldn't have, maybe maybe you wouldn't have fallen away from God. But Yeah, I, I 100% agree, echo those sentiments. Um, you know, I always, when I look about my, when I look back on my, journey of faith with the Lord. Um, I, on, I honestly credit a lot of my own personal development and growth over the years to the POS mm. um, because I'm very thankful for the POS because the POS does have a, a hands-on approach to discipleship and mentoring um, a lot more than what I first came into uh, when I joined, uh, when I first came to faith in the United Pentecostal Church of New Zealand. Um, you know, I didn't really have that then, and that's that's not you know a, a, a knock or a bad thing. It, it's just I didn't have that at the time. Um, but yeah, when I came to the POS, I really uh, I did have that support. I did have that accountability to some mm. degree, um, and I really attribute a lot of my own personal growth to that. But mm. I do think, yeah, my life my life story and my upbringing upbringing does attribute to my desire and my passion to want to help other people. Uh, grow and you know disciple them Mm. yeah because mentorship you know mentorship requires you to go out of your way to sacrifice your time you know (laughs) you've got a young family you got two kids a wife uh you know they have demands they have things that they require obviously Mm -hmm. if you want to have a strong marriage if you want to have a strong family it requires your time but you know sacrificing that time and energy is so important i saw a graphic today um just by chance, it was talking about like the different four, four different stages of a child. And I forget what this first stage was, some like touch. It's like when they're first born, a comfort, maybe it is. And then, um, second is like, they're trying to work out their emotions as they're Mm. getting older. It's like toddler phase. And then they start working out their language as they get a little bit older. And then I think the fourth phase, I I believe, and I hope I'm not wrong here, but I think the fourth phase is like identity. And that's during their teenage years, you know? And, all three of us sitting here at the table when we were teenagers, man, like we had to have those moments where we were Absolutely. seeking out my, our identity. I know I've, I felt the call to be a preacher when I was 16. So that like set the tra- trajectory of my life from, from that moment. It's like, well, that's, you know, I'm a child of God. I, I want to be a minister of the gospel. And that sort of became what my life was focused towards. And so, yeah, I, I could see, you know, th- it's so important that, that we, are able to connect with these young people at Amen. this stage, you know, when, when they're so impressionable, um, when social media is trying to tell them who they are uh, and, and confusing them, you know, yeah, in, the, in, right. the, in the modern sense with Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat, you know, they're, they're confusing young people and they don't really know who they are. They're trying to figure out who they are. Amen. And, um, you know, someone needs to come alongside, you know. Yeah, yeah. amen. I, I agree. And, and I guess to the theme for the National Youth Ministries Department this year, which is defined mm. uh, defined uh, as put by uh, our National Youth Ministries Director, Brother Greg Wilmot. You know, if if we as the church, as ministers and leaders within the body of Christ, if we don't help young people define their identity based on the word of God, then the world will define it for them and their identities and their lives will be shaped by some other influence in their life if it's not going to be fi- by the church. Which, again, I think it's that's the importance of having a mentoring effort or endeavor within the youth ministry program. Absolutely. And so then how, as a, you know, how do you go about looking to mentor someone and disciple 
someone? Like, how does that process start? Yeah. You just show up on their door, bro. Yeah, yeah, you, just, you just knock on their door <laughs> saying, on their door. I'm a mentor. Yes. I can mentor you. Yes, I spoke to your parents. You had no choice. You're coming with me. You slide into their DMs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. LinkedIn, no, I, right? LinkedIn. That's yeah, that's LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great, great question. Um, I would I would say it like this. I would say as a starting point, I remember listening to an episode on the uh, YM podcast. Yeah, it's uh, a good po- podcast. Yeah, Youth Ministries. Yeah, UPCI. Um, amazing, good. amazing. I listened to a, a podcast um, on that. Um, I think it was entitled What Every Hyphen Leader Needs to Know. Mm. And in there, he, he made this comment, uh, this statement. He said that uh, connectivity, um, uh, activity rather, is connectivity. And connectivity builds community. Who was that? Uh, that was uh, so they done can find from the uh, Travis Worthington. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the, the episode is called What Every Hyphen Leader Needs to Know. Mm. Um, but yeah, he said that activity is connectivity and connectivity builds community. Mm. And so what I would say as the starting point is um, you simply need to engage young people, connect with young people, within the corporate settings of the youth ministry program of the local church, uh, within the larger body of the community on a Sunday service, um, at special events, like we just had an an event called Uprising Conference, amazing event. Um, But it's just really about having as many touch points with young people as you can, connecting with them as much as you can. And, And I personally believe that it has to first start within the corporate setting. Um, you know, we were joking when we said just go up and knock on the door, right? That's not where you start. Um, you start within the corporate setting. Yeah. But I, I think a great place to start is with activity. Uh, and it doesn't, you know, it can just be having a conversation after a youth service. It can just be sharing a coffee, you know, after a Sunday service. Um, but the point is just make sure that you connect with them in some kind of uh, activity where there's already organically uh, common ground. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So you connect with them, uh, and then um, what, what's the next step? Um, once I've kind of connected with young people and, and I've developed this relationship with them, um, over time, it does take time, it takes yeah. effort, it uh, takes attending yeah. regularly. Actually, that's a good point. So the connection doesn't happen like once. No. <laughs> you just tap him on the shoulder. No. It's not like Elijah and Elisha. We just like lay there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just follow me. Exactly. There's exactly. not a spark that goes on. <laughs> <A spark>. not, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. It's it's definitely something that, uh, you know, it's, it's about making consistent connections, mm. consistent points, you know, where you're engaging, right. interacting with, with young people. So after I've kind of done that um, with, you know, uh, I do that with pretty much all of our young people in our youth program. They don't know that I'm kind of behind the scenes really scouting for kind of this next step in, in my approach to mentoring. Should we tell them not to watch or listen to this episode? Yes, <laughs> yes. So you're just basically developing this sort of trust and relationship or along mm. this process, yeah. right? Yeah, but, you know, it, it's sincere. It's yeah, genuine. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and but but that's where it starts. Like people will not open up their lives to you if they do not trust you. Mm. And in order to develop that trust, they've got to know you. Right. And that comes by just repeatedly, consistently engaging them. Um, and so after I've done that for a certain amount of time, I start paying attention to um, the w- different young people that are responding to God mm. in our services in our youth services, even just in our normal uh, youth programs where we'll have a recreational night where it's just games and stuff. All I'm looking for is a response of faith. That's what I'm looking for. To me, if I see them coming to a youth program, regardless of what it is, um, quite regularly, consistently, to me, that's a response. Mm -hmm. I pay attention to that. um, But I'm paying closer attention to the way that they respond to the Word of God, to the presence of God in a worship set and the preaching of the Word. And that's both at our youth program or a special event and also our Sunday services. Mm -hmm. Um, I I will look for a response. And if I see a consistent response from a particular young person, then what I begin to do is I actually begin to increase the amount of 
connections that I have with them, the amount of touch points, yeah. interactions that I have with them, I begin to increase that. I start um, really just trying to connect with them outside of the youth program more regularly, going having more coffees, uh, you know, and, and just different stuff like that. But the next step is, is I start looking for a response of faith, and I respond to their response of faith to start to further develop my relationship with them. Yeah, because I guess that narrows it, it down a little bit. Obviously, we want we want to con- connect with everyone and, and try and mentor as many people as we can. But uh, as we mentioned earlier, you know, you've got a wife and kids, you got a family, so yes, you have limited sir. time. So that's right. You, you can't just cast the net so wide. You know, Jesus had twelve disciples; like he had his inner circle, mm-hmm. and then inside of that, he had a inner circle as well. So you know, he had the disciples, then he had the twelve disciples, and then he had I think it was three. That yeah. that was the inner circle. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's important. And then seeing that, seeing their response, uh, we're looking for that response to God. So, and and that, and that's when you're trying to begin that mentorship process, right? What advice would you give someone who is just starting out as a mentor? So you've talked about what you look for, um, but what is some advice that you give like an individual who is, is wanting to sort of take this step and, and get involved in mentoring Uh, young people in mentoring teenagers? Like I was saying earlier, um, I think it's important to remember that the role and the purpose of a mentor is to come alongside the discipleship process, Mm. right? Uh, And so, you know, I would say to anyone looking to get started uh, in specifically mentoring is really try to learn what the discipleship process or structure is for your local church because it does differ from church to church Mm. Um, bible studies differ i guess hierarchies differ different different things involved in the process but i would say start learning what the discipleship process is of your local church Uh, here at the pos i would say to any young person um, find out you know everyone generally knows who the senior pastor is and who <laughs> the you know associate pastors are yeah uh, but no one knows like who's the Sunday school teacher you know like or very yeah. limited people know yeah. who the Sunday school teachers are uh, who the church administrator is uh, who the greeters leader is right all of these departments that we have here at the POS these structures that we've put in place these are actually all part of our discipleship process mm. here at the POS and so i think uh, you need to learn what that process is for your church in order to have an understanding of it so that when you come in as a mentor you're going to come in and you're going to support that process mm. not work against okay. it yeah. not give advice give guidance to anyone that you might have influence over, you know, that is contrary to the discipleship that's, process. That's so important. Of or, the local church. Or contrary to the senior pastor, you know. You don't yes. want to be... 100%. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to be giving you advice. You don't want to be that, that person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then what, what was supposed to be a good thing ends up being, you know, something that's going to cause some, some headaches for, for your local leadership. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, you know, because mentors are not you know, kind of these rogue ministers in the church out just doing what they want, giving advice freely as they please without any accountability, Mm -hmm. without, you know, sitting under the umbrella of the local church pastor and the local, you know, church leadership ministry there, which is why I say it's important to know what that is so that you do come in as a support and a strength and you're adding value uh, to not just them, but the discipleship process as a whole. through the local church it becomes appealing and pleasing to everyone every guest every visitor that comes into the church they're they're seeing a network of people that are working together that have a mutual understanding uh, a respect uh, you know appreciation for each other and they're working with one another you know and you don't want to be that person that is kind of disturbing that interrupting that by you know kind of just uh going out and giving advice as you please, you know, because there is a danger. I would say there is a danger um, to building up influence, you know, as you grow, uh, as your relationship grows and develops with different people, they do give you a certain level of influence Mm. in their lives. And that's a good thing. That's, that's a powerful thing. And, And with the right guidance through the church structure, they can grow and develop incredibly. Yeah. Right, but without that, if you're working contrary to that, 
then that can become very destructive, not just to the person being discipled, but also to the structure of the local church. Yeah, and that's where submission is so important, that, that you, you are submitted to the, the vision of the local church, um, the, the view of the local pastor. You know, you're not yes, going to be... You're not going to be overriding anything that, that, that they're doing. And, and would you suggest that if someone is going to move into this sort of try and move into this role of being a mentor, that they talk to their local pastor first before, before they start reaching out? Yeah, I would definitely say that um, you need to be having conversations with your pastor. Uh, if you're in youth, uh, I would say also your youth pastor, mm-hmm. um, particularly for, for youth leadership, just to narrow it. Generally, when people are getting involved in, you know, uh, developing mentoring relationships, um, it's, as a young person, that's going to happen kind of in the youth ministry, right? Like, I'm not, I'll be honest with you, I am not mentoring people that are in Sunday school, (laughs) because I am not in the Sunday school ministry. I'm not mentoring people a part of the greeters team, because I'm actually not involved in the greeters team. And the reason why those mentoring relationships ain't developing is because I don't have that many connections in those departments, in, mm-hmm. in those operations. And you don't have the time. Yeah. yeah you know, you most of my time. time and effort is being spent within the, the youth program. Right. So organically and naturally, those right. connections and those interactions occur there. Um, it goes so back to developing that sort of relationship, right, as well. Yeah, that's Since right. your time is with them, you're going to mentor them. Yeah, amen. amen. Like yourself, uh, Brother Stefan, working within the media's team and organizing, you know, switches and that type of stuff to help run the Sunday services. Because of your constant connection with those people in that ministry, you can organically and naturally develop influence Mm. and build a a mentoring relationship if those opportunities arise. Right. You know, and and, uh, that's that's my point is, you know, I, I think those will naturally happen, but. Um, I think that you need to talk to your pastor because you don't want to just go out and start (laughs) doing stuff. And I did that. I'll be honest with you. I did do that. Um, Like whenever I would organize stuff with a few of the young men that I was mentoring, even text messages that I would send them where I would give them advice, I would actually relay those, that that same message to my youth pastor Mm. um, just for accountability purposes. You know, uh, I think it's very important. So if you're a mentor, like if you're someone who wants to be, a mentor, does that mean that you've arrived? You you no longer need to be mentored yourself? Or? Absolutely. <laughs> no, being sarcastic. <laughs> no, um, I, I strongly believe that um, every, cer- every certain uh, single person that uh, has an experience with God that enters into the discipleship process, right, they respond to the call or the touch of God in their life, and they become a part of, of the discipleship process, I believe every single person needs to be mentored, mm. right? Including the mentor, yeah. right? Every mentor needs to be mentored. Right. And the reason why that is, is because every single person needs to be discipled. <laughs> That's the reason why I believe that every single mentor needs a mentor. Uh, I myself, yes, I'm a mentor to several uh, young, young men uh, within our youth department, um, but I also have mentors in mm. my life that I get support from, I get guidance and advice from, and I, I hold myself accountable to these to these men. Yeah, yeah. As a as a body of Christ, we're we're a network, right? And Amen. that means we all need to be connected. So that's why that connection keeps keeps on connecting, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And like, um, and I I just heard something you said there, and I wanted to key in on that. Uh, and I think most people would understand this you know uh from a just a wisdom sort of thing but when you're talking about mentoring as a man you're mentoring young men you're not mentoring young ladies is that yes, correct that's, yeah. yes that's correct i yeah. I, di- I have a direct mentoring relationship with young men um you know and uh, i do encourage uh you know a number of other young men but uh, young women sorry within our youth program but that happens within corporate settings i yeah. don't I don't interact with them on a one-to-one basis. Uh, I, I, all of those mentoring relationships are done with young men. Yeah, and I think it's important to mention that, you know, because unfortunately, you know, if you've got a youth group, I know when I first came to the POS, we only had like two or three young men in the whole youth group. <laughs> like, <laughs> har- hardly any young men, it was all young rough. ladies, you know. Um, and so I guess they had to sort of lean on the, the, the 
ladies who are in leadership in the church to to mentor those young ladies because yeah you can you can build a relationship with them or rapport with them but you can't get so close to what you're sending text messages you're you know you're offering life advice um without your wife present or anything like that so yeah i think i think it's wise that we i just wanted to mention that because um i thought we should bring it up but then when you actually said that you definitely said young men i said oh that might be a good point to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very important. Just to clarify. Yeah, yes. just to clarify. Especially, I agree. Especially when we say that I've been in your place. You don't know. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That doesn't apply to, to all people. <laughs> yeah, so Stefan mentioned before I completely derailed this entire conversation. Uh, Stefan had mentioned that um, that we're like a network, right? Yeah. And, and that, you know, people need to be connected like if you're mentoring someone, they're connected to you, but but we can't keep them to ourselves. Yes, right. We that we need to make sure that that in the mentorship process, they're getting connected to other people. Like Amen. as a as a church administrator, uh, I go around. I teach seminars about you know um, getting people connected in the church, how to keep people, how to close the back door. And and one of the stats that goes around that that I've used for years is that uh, someone is in church even up to five years after they've been in church, if, if they don't have more than like seven genuine connections, so not just, um, oh, hi, bro, hi, sis, but they're actually, you know, consider people friends or more than just an acquaintance. If they don't have up to seven, even after five years, they can still walk away from God. Uh, um, so, you know, that, that's just so important, the, the connecting factor. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I guess it, it points back to one of the points I had said earlier, of the importance to Brother Stefan's point, networking and how mentoring is to come alongside an already established process, mm. which is that that discipleship process. Um, very, very important. Very key. Yeah. So, um, do you have any Bible to back this up, or is, is this just <laughs> <laughs> is this uh, just something that uh, that you've come up with all by yourself? Just all by myself. <laughs> Inspiration of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> 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 no, um, look, uh, I will share one one verse of scripture uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 20 to 21. Um, the word of the Lord says this, but now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And in verse 21, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, uh, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Mm. Um, and so I guess what the Apostle Paul is is. Uh, referencing here is that you know uh, the head is going to need the hand mm. and the foot is going to need the arm or the leg right it can't operate independently of itself um, and if the hand is cut off from the rest of the body what's going to happen to the hand mm. it's going to die yeah. right, right? Um, and that's where I think the importance of this mentoring relationships come into play is you want to make sure as part of the local church discipleship process that people are getting connected, mm. that they do have those regular, consistent interactions um, that organically happen and lead to mentoring relationships so that mm. you can help them develop in their, their relationship with God. Because like you said, Brother Greg, uh, if they don't have at least, I guess, statistically seven you know, genuine, uh, impactful, meaningful relationships, they could walk away from the Lord. Mm. So how do you go about, as a mentor, how do you go about facilitating that connection? How do you go about um, making sure that that the, the young people or the people that you're mentoring, that they do have those connections? Because it's one thing to say, yes, they need to be connected, but it's mm-hmm. another thing to actually, because that's what I, I love about your whole process, and, and that's what I've seen over the years, is that you're very deliberate with everything that you do. You know, you don't just let things... Try to be. Yeah, well, I, I mean... When it comes to the process of mentorship, you know, you, you have a process in place. You have a an intention with what you're trying to do, and it you don't just let things happen, right? It's like, okay, well, yeah. if I talk to them enough, then they're going to follow God and get connected to the church. But you actually try and facilitate that. So what are some ways that, that we can try and get people connected to? They'll be connected to you as, your, as the mentor, but then how do you get them connected to others? Yeah, so what I do with the people that I mentor is, is once I've I've identified certain people that I want to develop a mentoring relationship with and, and then that begins to happen, 
is I, I am very intentional. I do make uh, regular uh, appointments with them where I do catch up with them. We'll have coffee. Uh, we'll work out. We'll, we'll go do some kind of activity. Um, and, and I just spend that time with them. We have conversation. Uh, it could just be a general conversation. It could be a very uh, direct conversation about something specific to them and their development. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say it's, it's a matter of uh, really being intentional, mm. making sure that you set that time aside to actually meet with them yep. and to develop that and to cultivate that. It could be a Gloria Jean's coffee, you know what I mean? It could be a McDonald's run after a youth service <laughs> night, right? That's the only option. Oh, yes, for young for people. You. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And you've got to be careful with that. Oh. <laughs> Too many McDonald's <laughs> runs, uh, it's not a good thing. Um, oh, but yeah, it's about being intentional and making and creating those opportunities to connect with them. Um, so I do that uh, quite regularly. Uh, and then I also actually get the people that I mentor, I introduce them to actually my mentors. Mm. Yeah. And I let them know who my mentors are. I, I, I make them aware that I'm accountable to these people just as you are or you have made yourself willingly accountable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's important to do, uh, at least for me, I, in my view, I think it's important because it reinforces the discipleship process within that local church. It's letting them know, hey, I'm not trying to win you to me. Mm. I'm not trying to be the foundation on which your faith and your relationship with God is built. Yeah, so good. No, it's built upon yeah. the discipleship process of our local church. And so that that's what I see the importance importance of sharing that and letting them know and so all of the young men that i mentor they know who my mentors are i'm curious on that actually uh what type of relationship or what type of yeah what type of um yeah what type of relationship does your mentor and the people you're mentoring have is is there is there like a general like uh like third mentorship that takes place (laughs) Look, I will say, like, with one of the young men that I'm mentoring, yeah. uh, that, that I have a direct mentor relationship with, they, they've actually developed a really great relationship yeah. with one of my mentors uh, over a passion of, of running, actually. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and so I, I'm unaware of whether or not it's a direct kind of a mentoring yeah, yeah, yeah. with this one individual, but um, I can say that most certainly they will develop, or they could develop organically just, you know, great friendships and mm. relationships uh, with my mentors, right. which is a good thing. Like, you know, you want to encourage that. The, the main point is, I guess, statistically, is you want them to be connected right. with a, a number of people outside of yourself. The more point, the more connections that they can have, the stronger the anchor is for right. them to stay yeah. connected to the local assembly. Yeah. And that makes sense because if you're mentored by someone, there's that, you know, uh, similarity, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, so whoever you're mentoring is, has that sort of same similarity. So there's always yeah. that connection that, you know. Absolutely. Will, will Absolutely. Networking, man. I, ne- that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Connection after connection. Amen. Amen. Um, and then are there any other ways? So you, you connect them to your mentor. Do you have any other practical advice that you would give before we wrap up here? Um. I would say just be very intentional with making sure that you uh, make appointments uh, or schedule in time for the people that you mentor. Get them connected to, uh, you know, your mentors that you have in your life. And if you don't have any, make sure that you get some mentors uh, for you as as a mentor. Um, and, And then last point I would simply say is this, is look for opportunities where possible within the corporate structure of the church for the people that you you mentor to actually get involved mm-hmm. in the ministry of the program, yeah, right. Look for those opportunities, and and if you if those opportunities don't organically happen, if you're not like the the lead uh, kind of you know leader of a department, mm-hmm. um, then and those opportunities don't organically happen, then try to look for avenues where you can create those opportunities for the people that you mentor. I think it's very important that the people we're mentoring that we we get them involved and contributing to the community of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the young people that I mentor, um, because I am, I guess, the uh, regional rep for New South Wales and Australia Capital Territory, uh, I do get a couple of invitations uh, throughout the year. To You're an evangelist minister. as well. Yes, and I'm yeah, part of the Home Missions Evangelist. Home Missions Evangelistic. Come on, bro, represent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, plug for Home Missions. That's right. <laughs> Pastor Bill Morris. 
Um, um, but yes, because I have those invitations, I also obviously work with a team of leaders within our local youth ministry team. Um, I look to create opportunities for them to minister. So if I get an invitation to another church, um, I, I would ask the senior pastor who gave me the invitation if it's okay if I can bring a couple of the young people that I mentor mm. along with me to minister uh, alongside me. Um, and I think it's just important. Now, not everyone that you're going to mentor is obviously going to want to be involved in pulpit ministry and, and sharing. That's good. Um, I, I like that you mentioned that. Yeah, Because yeah. we don't want to think that this is only about mentoring the next preacher or the next pastor or the next you know, super leader. But you know, everyone needs a mentor. Amen. And, and not everyone's going to be called to pulpit ministry. That's right. Um, but people are going to be called to serve, you know, wherever. That's right. And, and, and they deserve a mentor as well. You know, we Amen. can't just pick the all-stars. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, every, every young person, you know, deserves to have a mentor. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think when you're, when you're developing that organic, natural relationship with them that, that morphs into being a mentor relationship, you discover what they kind of like, what their interests are. what And so you can direct them and, and look to create those opportunities that will work for them. Mm. Uh, you know, with the, the, the young men that I mentor, uh, they happen to have a, a desire and a passion for the ministry. Uh, and so I look to create opportunities where they could share a yep. testimony, a word of encouragement. Um, and, and then there's others that like music or they're involved, that they're more technical and they're more hands-on approach, administration type of stuff. Um, then I'll look to delegate certain things uh, that I get the opportunity to be involved in to, to those mm. young people that I mentor. Awesome. Well, I've, I've really enjoyed this time with you and, and getting to know a little bit more about your process. Uh, Stefan, did you have any further questions before we finish up? No questions, but I, I, I really appreciate your time that, you know, sharing oh, your thank word you guys, and sharing your, your testimony as well. Thank you. Yeah, it's good, good stuff. So, uh, you know, as we, we like to wrap these up, do you have any uh, parting words for us? You can you can take us out from here. Thanks again for coming on the podcast and and uh, you know sharing you know what you've learned over the years and parting it and helping us to to better understand this process and and hopefully this will inspire some leaders, other people who are listening to the podcast to to get involved to to either seek out a mentor or Amen. get involved in the mentorship process. But if you mind closes us out here today. Um. Again, thank you. Thank you both, uh, Brother Greg, Brother Stefan, for the opportunity to be here. In closing, I would simply like to encourage uh, all of your listeners. Um, every disciple of Jesus Christ needs to be mentored. Every single one. From the pastor right down to the new person who, who just came into the local assembly. Every single disciple of Jesus Christ needs to be mentored. And so I would say because you know we've spoke about here in this discussion that it is a necessity i would love to encourage and inspire through today's conversation your listeners to put your hand up to get involved to be intentional uh to you know uh ask the lord lord guide me mm. to somebody in my youth group somebody in my local church that needs support that needs guidance that needs accountability to help them grow and develop in their faith so that they can be as impactful as God wants to enable them to become. Who are those people? Because the reality is, especially for young people, is life for them is a question mark. They do not have any direction right now whatsoever. They're trying to figure that out. But the Word of God gives us direction the Spirit of the Lord empowers us to walk that path, and we as mentors or leaders or, or people willing to be involved in this process can come in, shine a light through the gospel of Christ, and help people develop in their relationship. So I would encourage, don't sit on the fence. Don't wait and say, no, somebody else is going to do this. I'm not going to do this. There is a need, and today that need can be met by you.